Hey everybody, it's the A to Z podcast. I'm Zach Jackson. He's Andre Knott. At Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. At A to Z podcast.com, Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast. Shouts as always to our sponsors, the Honeymoon Grill, Scene, and American Fireworks in Hudson. Always open at AmericanFireworks.com. Shouts to you guys for listening, for tweeting, for helping this thing grow. Uh, if you're new here, first, welcome. Second, we venture into mature slash immature subjects. We get wound up and say four-letter words. So if that's not for you or if there are kids around, if you're in a work environment, put on your headphones or come back to A to Z at another day. Disclaimers are out of the way. Dre, this is my favorite podcast of the year as we dive into baseball before the Indians end up getting their season ended in a 2-1 loss this week. Uh, Do you want to start with football or baseball? (laughs) Great job. Well, let's go. I want to hit up both. And if we don't say some four-letter words, that means you're not getting the best out of us in this podcast. And half of y'all asses ain't getting right. working. All right. Let, let, let's, before we get to the present, I want to go to the future. Okay? Okay. The year is 2025. The Cleveland Browns have just upset the Baltimore Ravens on a pass to wide receiver Garrett Wilson, who jumps over two Ravens defenders to snag the ball with two seconds left and secure the win. And the next day, Brown's Twitter gets on all 22 and says, actually, Rashard Higgins was open on that play. Why don't we see more of Rashard Higgins? Y'all love Hollywood. I told you, you ain't calling that boy Hollywood if he can't. He all Berea. He Berea Higgins to me. I don't know why y'all so in love with somebody that can't get on the field. But that's just me. We'd be, this is being positive. Berea Higgins got y'all in your panties in a bunch. Um, <laughs> you think he's still going to be in the roster five years from now? He'll be coaching. He's like the new, new Jackson. Like, he's a Frisbee Jackson in the 2020 Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. So, look, um, I don't know how to say it any other than this. Like, the Browns are 2-1-1, and one, which is progress. The Browns should be 2-1, and one, which is progress, right? Um, yeah. yeah. They got some serious firepower in that run game, potentially with the offense as a whole. They got some serious questions on defense. Um, <clears throat> I think – you know, the, it's funny you put it that way. Let me still wait. It's funny you put it that way. Um, and go back to your thought. They're two and one after three games. Everything you said, I agree with. And I haven't learned a damn thing about. Them. Is it fair for me to say that? Yeah. No, I, I agree. So like, Nick Chubb is too good for them to flop, right? Um, for sure. For sure. Like the schedule, and, and a lot can change because it's still September, so we don't know who's going to be what and where. Because staying healthy is paramount, and we're dealing with the oddest year ever and major injuries have ravaged the league already um the schedule makes it so you could fall forward into six right um you've played two division games one that you won and one that you didn't belong on the field with the other team you know like i said it feels like you could accidentally be eight and eight it feels like the cowboys though could throw for 600 yards this week without deck needing to ice his shoulder down after the game so yeah, so that's gonna be a seven on seven camp. Yeah, it is. So it's like there's certainly reasons for optimism. There's certainly reasons for pessimism. I, I kind of like the whole look of the operation and professionalism and coaching adjustments. You know, I don't like the secondary just not having any answers from which is what it looks like from where I sit. Right. Um, Carl Joseph balled yesterday. He Carl did. Joseph Carl Joseph balled. Joseph balled. Absolute ball. shout out to Carl Joseph. Yes. Yes. I understand what you're saying. I'm not saying you're, but Carl Joseph deserves some love. Um, but I, like before we break it off, I'll say this, and I don't want to go too far with it. 
the Browns picked the right coach finally for the situation. Kevin Stefanski I, he didn't have a great game plan in Baltimore, and who would? Who knew? And this is all my opinion. Now, you don't have to agree with it. He hasn't been perfect, but he's the adult in the room. And Lord knows, in Berea, they need more adults in all rooms. And it seems like, from afar, I'm, I'm like the natural fan. I'm not one of the 6,000 that goes to the, goes to the park. From the outside looking in, and the little bit of press conferences I'm willing to listen to or read, Kevin Stefanski seems like an adult and seems to be running the team like an adult and seems to realize that number six needs to be treated with kid gloves and hand the ball off to 24 as many times as possible and give it to 27 as many times as possible. All adult moves. Their best defense is handing the ball to Chubb or Hunt. They like I said, it, it's been unbelievable to me that, to follow a team that just does what makes sense. So, yeah, um, so far so good on that front, right? And as you looked at the big picture, uh, there's three things that stood out, and this goes back Dre, to February, to April and May through the uncertainty to getting on the field six weeks ago and trying to get towards a football season. The run game was going to be great, potentially like wowzers. Right, the back seven of the defense had major, major questions, and the third thing was, based on last year, if you just have your guys, if you don't have crazy ejections and fourth and nine draw plays and epic mental meltdowns, like maybe you'll accidentally stumble into a couple more wins or possibly even be a whole lot better, just by being a relevant, semi-smart, competitive football team. Yeah, I mean, look around the league, and I know it's hard for some to take off their orange-colored glasses after they've drank all day on a Sunday, but you just said it. If you get out of your own way and don't shoot yourself in one's foot, you have a chance to be 500. You don't even got to be that talented to be 500 if you just play smart football. It's it's really that simple. And, like, like the Cowboys-Browns game, literally, I expect to be 38 to 35. Neither one of them can, can, can stop a cold or a COVID, but I guess I shouldn't make that joke in 2020. Um, <laughs> like, this league right now is so goofy that if you don't get 15-yard penalties and do stupid shit, you got an opportunity. It's pretty simple. Right. It, it really is. And, you know, I mean, look at, like, the Bengals, Philadelphia. Like, as I go through, as I'm thinking this, and I think of, like, how bad some teams are. Like, in New York, God bless you, you couldn't happen to a better place. Y'all ain't going to win no damn games in New York. Y'all going to get first in, first. Y'all get the first two picks. I, I know Jacksonville's fighting with y'all, but y'all two, y'all getting in your own way, beating each other up. You got to tie each other, you terrible-ass team you got in New York. I love it. I, I'm talking all this New York shit because I know I'm about to deal with a bunch of New Yorkers over the next 82 hours or whatever else we got in front of us. But I just like that the Browns are doing what they what they need to be doing. Um, the other thing that I would say, yes, the defense is, is horrific. Um, but Miles Garrett now has made – Two big, huge plays in back-to-back games that are game-changing plays. Yeah. And when you pay a guy what you're paying Miles Garrett, yeah, you're paying him to, you know, to, to hold the edge and all those other things, all those other colorful little words we like to say. But when you get paid like Miles Garrett's getting paid, you're getting paid like that to make game-changing plays. And I can say, in back-to-back weeks, he has made game-changing plays. No, no doubt he has. But we, we talked about this when he signed his deal on this defense right now, Miles Garrett pro bowler is not enough. Miles Garrett has to be Superman. No, right. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, the only how you beat Dallas, the only way you beat Baltimore, 
The only way you you beat the really good teams on the schedule this year is for what you just said. Miles Garrett has to play completely out of his out of his mind. Yeah. And there may be a day. We both watched Courtney Brown get six sacks in a game in Soldier Field. Still didn't win, but we saw him do it. <laughs> it could happen. Yeah, well, listen, the Browns' defensive line is loaded, right? And they, oh, they haven't had God. the full complement except for the first game. But you see what teams are doing, and you don't need a bunch of spreadsheets or the all-22 to see it, right? You run misdirection to keep that defensive line guessing or to, or to take advantage of their aggressiveness, and you throw four-yard yep. passes, and guys are late getting there, right? Yeah, the next thing <laughs> the next thing we're going to see with good teams, you'll probably see it this week. Yeah. So, so look, uh, there's not a whole lot we can – we can really say until we see more, the next three games specifically, at Dallas, home Indy, at Pittsburgh, that's kind of the Super Bowl. We'll have a much better feel on things then. I, I'll just say this. You talked about real question? You Is talked about being smart, right? Just conducting being a yeah. smart football team and conducting yourselves as a smart organization. I can certainly nitpick some of the things they've done, and I can certainly ask how can you could be so aggressive in free agency and go get some of these guys and just neglect the back seven? Because I know Grant Delpit got hurt, but he was a 21-year-old rookie, right? Like, I know Mac Wilson got hurt, but he was a 21-year-old rookie last year who only played because he had to. What did he prove? He proved he can be in the NFL. He didn't prove he can change games, right? He can talk shit. Right. He, listen, when, when his tweet versus tackle ratio totally flips, <laughs> then he'll be able to rock. And I love Mac. He's, he, Mac's one of the nicest kids in the locker room, right? And I think we he has a chance Mac. to be a good we player. Need more, we, need, we need more Mac. But right. Yeah, but the tweet versus tackle ratio is not very balanced, right? It's awful. But just let me say this. Big picture. They have maintained the flexibility as far as the cap, as far as assets, and as far as only really being married to a couple of guys that – if they can just have a year where they stay healthy, they're compete, Dre, they ultimately get sunk by either better teams or their warts that we all saw coming. Like, they can be there. They can stick with this and they can ride this out. Right? They they have no doubt. No doubt. the flexibility to do just about anything with what they got from, from terms of, of assets. And All right, unless yeah. Unless you know, Delpit and um, unless Delpit and Mac Wilson are gonna turn out to be Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. They're going to need way more sure. than those two young kids. And, 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 and listen, and, you know I'm not trying to be unfair to Jarvis or Odell when I say this, but, like, they're not here to block all year, and you're not paying them 30 mil to block all year, so some sort of blow-up's coming. <laughs> right? Well, okay, okay, okay. Let's do this. You you hit on – let's do this the mature way. We don't need phone calls. We don't need more subscribers. Unfortunately, we do this podcast mostly to hear each other's thoughts. Um, so we can do this. the truth in advertising. <laughs> yeah. So we, but no, because we can have a real conversation like people have rather than please text my show, please tweet my show. So everybody, so the advertisers think I'm doing my job, even though I'm not. Um, you just mentioned something that was going through my, my mind as well. And this isn't, let's find something negative to talk about after they win. This is just a realistic conversation that's had in the NFL and Major League and NBA offices by people that have the jobs for this. As you look forward with the Browns, we're only three weeks into the season. If your true identity is really going to – like I saw somebody fighting, and I know who it is. I won't say his name. He's the hater of the year. We all know who he is. He's the best tweeter in the world because um, he just fucks with everybody. 
but he was basically calling Baker Mayfield a game manager. And, and you know how fights go on. And I'm not calling him a game manager. I'm calling him he's a young quarterback and nobody knows what he is exactly. But if your identity is those two running backs in that line, and you got some nasty mofos up on that offensive line, let me say that, even though the rookie looked shaky early yesterday. If your identity are those two running backs and that offensive line and those tight ends, how much money do you need to spend on the receiver room? Yeah. Especially when you don't have – like, and I'm not – I'm not saying trade, get rid of anybody today. I'm saying down the road, if this team plays the way they played the last two weeks, they play this way the rest of the season, and you get pedestrian numbers from those two really talented wide receivers, up and not kill yourself financially would be to move away from one of one of them and get something on the other side, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I don't want to say that I'm jumping to this conclusion, and I don't want to say that it was one. And I don't want to say that it was even a two percent realistic move for the Stefanski Barry De Podesta um, power group, right? But let me ask you this hypothetical: If this offense with these receivers, these tight ends, and shouts at Stefanski and, and the crew for drafting Harrison Bryant and trusting him to develop this quickly and do what he did. No doubt. No doubt. If this offense was this personnel mostly and Cam Newton running the Ravens offense with these two guys, would they be better than the Ravens offense? Mm. Mm. That's a tough question. (laughs) It makes you think. (laughs) Yeah, They would tell you. I mean, their Twitter accounts would tell you. Well, sure. Their Twitter account would tell you. Yeah, the team's Twitter account would tell you that. But on Sunday at one o'clock, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't unequivocally say yes. But you can't unequivocally say no either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the beautiful thing in the NFL. I'm glad you brought up Cam Newton. Um, look what they're doing in New England. Like Bill Belichick is running the Cam Newton offense. That's what they're. That's what they're doing. They're running. Hey, Cam is healthy. He gets to run ten times. He gets to throw like he gets to use that powerful ass arm that looks healthy now. They're gonna be a hard out. I mean, you know, they used Burkhead yesterday for the one time. They'll use him every fourth week, the way they used him. Yeah. You know, they'll use Tony Michelle every every third week. The, the the Patriots are still the Patriots without Tom Brady. They're just doing it Cam's way now. We said months Which ago it's gonna be the Josh McDaniels revenge tour, right? Yes. Yes, they're gonna be a bitch. Yeah, they got they were like without like five or six hundred defensive players, and they still play defense the same exact way. Right. Yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I'm not chastising them because when these guys and this is the situation, this is the change. When these guys took over, that they had to go forward with what they got here. And at the core of it, the Browns seven wins, eight wins, nine wins. You know, third place or somehow sneak to second or something goes wrong and slip like. You had, because of what you had and because of the shape of your roster, your books, your everything, this is this is Baker Mayfield's tryout year, right? He's got 13 games left, yeah. right? Like, right. realistically, given Cam's medical history and given all the change, you couldn't have done that. You couldn't have. it. You could well, have, but like, that's why I used the 2%, because like you really well, couldn't have. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we, that's not even a conversation for us to have, because... 
it's, every situation is just so different. Cam Newton in the Cleveland Browns uniform doesn't even – it's not just to me because I just don't see that as making sense for Cam Newton's career or for the Cleveland Browns where, like you said, we're sick of that. Now, if this is a year from now and you, and you say that you're not sure you want to go forward with Baker, all you would have done was stuttered, stuttered the growth of Baker Mayfield. By well, right. That's why it wasn't realistic. The, yeah. Right. No, it wasn't realistic at all. Now, them talking to him, I don't blame him. I mean, it is utterly ridiculous how many quarterbacks are making more money than Cam Newton. Yeah. And we can keep going back to how injured he was the last two years. I, okay, he was. He's still, if, and we've had this, this conversation, if healthy, big if, he's one of the top three, top four most talented quarterbacks in the league, if healthy. And, and who knows? Maybe in, in three weeks he's banged up and he can't. And it's not like his numbers, and see, that's the thing. His numbers aren't going to blow you away every week. But they weren't going to blow you away yesterday because he did exactly what they needed to do. And they iced the game and ran the ball and didn't have to. It didn't have to use it. It's just the components that he brings. Who and what Baker Mayfield is, I think, is going to be interesting going forward because he wasn't great yesterday. He wasn't terrible. This running game is that strong. The line yeah. and the way they're using this line is that strong. Um, and and the, the comment I made about the wide receivers is three weeks, and I'm saying that to myself. There is going to be a game where somebody puts eight in the box, and they're going to have to use. 13 or 80 to win a game. There's no, no doubt, doubt. Mind that's coming. Listen, like There's no doubt. So when I, yeah. So when I say that, I don't want people going to see Andre thinks they should trade him. No, I'm not saying that yet, but I'm just saying if you're in Berea right now, after you had your first coffee and first donut and your first victory Monday, uh, and, and you're over 500 for the first time in like six years, um, don't, don't throw any parades yet. Y'all don't throw any parades yet, but you do have to say to yourself, man, it's pretty good that we've won a couple games and the focal point didn't have to be, Beckham or Landry. Now, how healthy is Landry? I don't know. Um, I don't know if Beckham will ever put up huge numbers in this offense because the best thing for this offense to do for the defense and for the special teams and everything else is to keep the clock running and give it to those two running backs. Yeah. And so we'll see. So we'll see. I'm not trying to push them out the door. And I know that's the sexy thing to do, but I'm just saying in discussions, if this remains how the offense works, um, that will be part of the discussion, especially when you need talent in the back seven on defense. Hey, I really thought a big part of this Browns team's growth was coming out flat out of halftime yesterday, having those two bad drives, and then all of a sudden you have yeah. to answer. You have to face a little adversity. You had to adjust, right? Yeah. You had to go through yeah. it. That's Those are steps in the process. Another step, and it might happen this week, is being down 14. In today's NFL, the game is not over, right? I, I'll just say this. Right. Like, I've watched, you know, because the opening Thursday night game, everything was weird. You know what was normal? Pat Mahomes making the game look easy, right? Since then, I've got to watch five quarters of Russ Wilson. I watched four quarters of Lamar, three quarters of Lamar in person, two on the TV. The deep ball, Dre, is where it's at, right? The deep ball, and, and the Browns don't throw the deep ball right now. They don't, so. Not yet. That's not incorporated yet. How about Aaron Rodgers speaking of deep ball? I mean, my man yeah. goes to the Yeah, that's place. another one I've watched and like just effortless. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. This is a huge deal. Aaron Rodgers playing in a quiet road stadium is a huge deal because he is a master. Yes, it is. He is a master of getting people to jump, of making audibles, of making reads, of understanding what's going on. So when they don't have to go silent or they don't just have to stick to the play call in the huddle, they become a hundred times more dangerous offense than we saw that Sunday night. 
Yeah, that's a great point. That dome is not for New Orleans. That dome is no longer. Uh, and, I mean, that's 2020. As we get ready for baseball in the, in the playoffs, I mean, it's great that the Indians yeah. are playing the Yankees at home. Um, and it's great that, that they'll turn up the music when Jose comes up and scream Jose, Jose. But that shit ain't like, like 30,000, 40,000 people yelling the scream. It just isn't. I've sat there for six for, for well, two months. First of all, great so transition. It's almost like you do this professionally. But second of all, <laughs> that's – that's one of my thoughts, and I don't have many baseball thoughts. I watched two games last week, and as I told you on text, those are the first two that I've watched in a while. But like, well, part say what you of said about Zach Lisa. say what you said about Zach. Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. And I can say it because Zach is my dude. And Zach, both of these Zachs are my dude, so you can say it. It'll last. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going to be as funny the second time around. <laughs> y'all going to have to meet us after COVID somewhere. All right, I'll tell you this. If Zach Plesak wins, when Zach Plesak wins a postseason game, I'll tell you what I thought when I saw Zach Plesak for the first time. How about there you that? go. There you go. All right. There you go. So here's, here's my thought, because I've always been glued to postseason baseball to every bit that I can. But part of it, Dre, is just is my thought on baseball that – Big time, important, well played baseball is one of the best sports there is, and like it's not just in Cleveland. Although we've been fortunate enough here over the last twenty years to have twenty five years to have postseason teams, when people are living and dying with every pitch, right, and everybody's wearing the colors and waving the towels and doing all that, like that is awesome. That makes great television. Yeah. It makes great energy in the stadiums, as you know way better than I do. Right, it's just awesome. I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple games over the years as a fan. It's great, and that's not going to be there. So the games are still important. So there's still reasons to watch. It's just not going to be the same experience. No, no, it's not. And I, I was going to ask you because I know you guys have had fans. You've seen fans at games in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, there's not going to be any. There's not going to be any tomorrow night. There's not going to be any Wednesday night. Um, and it just, and I've had, and like I think certain players have not played, and I've had certain guys tell me. Um, I put it this way, and maybe you'll remember this, or maybe you'll – I think everybody plays better or differently when you have family in the stands. You have a girl that you're trying to impress in the stands. Um, there is something – and it's a little nar- narcissistic, but I think there is something to wanting to perform for people. Certain people just perform better. Certain people aren't made for that. Certain people – I remember in college, and we had to stand in front of a, a – cl- you know, in our class, and do an orientation, you know, speak in front of everybody. I remember a, a couple of people I grew up with, they were like, this is easy for you. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even prepare. I'm just going to go up there and bullshit. Well, obviously, that was what I was born to do. Some people aren't comfortable standing in front of people speaking, whether they're the most intelligent people in the world, one of the best doctors in the world, or if they're just some idiot, you know, that, that goes out and drinks them on Portage Lakes on the weekend. It's just some of us are, some of us aren't. I think as players, especially players that have played in these these high intense moments, um, they've grown accustomed to having fans and having the, that roar. I'm going to tell you, I know I can say from baseball standpoint, and I'm curious for the NBA guys how they feel about this. Um, fans will never be – I mean, fans are going to be fans. And as much as if we're going to say all this, some fan will tweet something racist at somebody in 24 hours and we'll, we'll, we'll categorize them all that way. But I don't think we'll ever put down the effect of what fans have on a on a public game, and just the noise, the like like there's nothing like Yankee Stadium for the playoffs. 
it's one of the most disgusting wild places I've ever been in, and it gave me a rush like a drug. Yeah. All at the same time, and I wasn't even playing. Um, yep. Progressive Field has been pretty loud. I mean, when Jose hits that walk-off last Tuesday night, it was eerie. Like, literally six minutes later, I'm interviewing him on live television, and he cut the lights out in the stadium. <laughs> Do you know what that would have been like if that was like an, if, if that was normal times? The stadium would still would have been packed. I would have been soaked. Um, like, he was like it, we wouldn't have left Progressive Field. You know, like, it would have been a party. Um, and then we had another one the next night. And just not to have that same effect of fans um, – We'll never neglect what the importance of is is of having them. So I think that goes the Indians' favor in this first round um, because it is the Yankees, and there is an intimidating factor when you play them, uh, no matter what anyone says. Um, so we'll see. This is to me, you know what? Though I got to say this for MLB, the commissioner is not good. Um, he's not in the top three of commissioners, and there's only three major sports. <laughs> but Somehow or another, and I don't know, and, and I would rather I'll ask you because you are the other other side of this coin. Um, they somehow made the last week of baseball interesting to the casual fan. Um, even for us that were doing the games, we didn't know where the hell the team was going. We didn't know where they were going to be seated. I don't. I think there's too many teams in the playoffs in a normal year, but I will say in this nutty year. Um, it's pretty cool that they, they made baseball relevant a little bit this last week in making teams able to make the playoffs that never had a chance. Uh, and I think this week has a chance to be a positive for baseball, even though the commissioner remains to be one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, there's games on all day for two or three days, right? Uh, right. You know, it, look, it, there's so much that goes into this NFL stuff, and you better believe that getting this game here – Tonight's Monday night game I'm talking about, KC and Baltimore, week three, was designed with the hope that just in case one of these QBs gets hurt, like Mahomes missed three or four games last year, right? Let's do it. But while it's still new but not totally new, before we run the risk of it going up against an NBA Finals game, right? well, although the NFL schedule came out first, but before against the World Series game, right? Like other stuff's going on before it gets too close to the election, Let's put it here. Right. You know? And, and I, I think about that. The NFL came up on roses. They yeah. got nothing to compete against tonight. They got they, they get everything tonight. That's awesome. And, and, and look, in general, the people that are quickest to point out, like, ratings being down for certain things are just idiots, and they're trying to stir up a certain segment of the audience anyway. You know, of course, NBA first-round playoff ratings were on the games where at fucking 1.30 in the afternoon on Wednesday in the last week of August. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how fucking stupid can some of you be? Don't answer that because I know the answer to that. Um, but, like, just go check the, the you know, Facebook. What, what these leagues do and what these networks do when the ratings do pop, of course they blast it out and pat themselves on the back. But, like, it's about who you want to be watching, right? It's about having the slots right. and having the interest. But I, I want to get a little deeper into Indians, Yankees, and, and obviously let you do that. But so we do have some Cincinnati listeners. Uh, we 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 know people that follow Trevor Bauer. Like the Reds were hyped, and they were supposedly loaded for bear. And the last I paid attention to baseball, they were awful. I see him in the tournament. They so can't. what happened? They're just they're, yeah. It's just um, it plays into the Indians too. Hitting is weird. Like we had a we had a, a stat on on um, Carlos Santana. Shout out to all the guys we work with, all the guys in the background that I work with. We had a killer year. Um, 
and I'm I want to say this the right way because I'm not I never want to come off pulling myself in this situation. Um, thank you to everybody that watched our games. We once again, and I say we, um, I know I recognize that the numbers wouldn't be good if the team absolutely stunk. Um, but I appreciate those that came and watched us this year. And I know it's a different year, and you guys got a ton of different things you could go to. Um, but say what you will about fans. Say what you will about who comes to the stadium and doesn't. For about the fourth year in a row, we were one of the most watched baseball teams in its town. And I'm not going to ever shy away. Really good people in the background that never get their names said. Or you never see on TV. And one of the stats that they came up with yesterday before the game was how Carlos Santana, like over his career, his batting average after 60 games is like 25 points higher after the first 60 games of the season. And lo and behold, what did he go out and do yesterday? Went three for went for three for four, hit a home run, two doubles, drove in four runs, had the game of his life. And I mentioned thanks for that because sometimes we, Matt, Rick, or myself, we look like brilliant people when we say that set in the first inning and then it happens. Um, I know I didn't come up with that shit yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Now, there's things I come up with, but I didn't come up with that one. So that was just pretty cool um, to see. And I think the Reds, to answer your question, uh, you know, I saw Joey Votto have a big game yesterday. Joey Votto is a a talented, talented hitter. The Cincinnati Reds are a talented team. They just for whatever reason, their hitting just hasn't all come together. They're a hit-or-miss team. Now, the Atlanta Braves, who hit the ball like it's, like it's the 90s uh, Indians, that's who they face. And they're going to have issues because they're going to get power on Tuesday. They're going to go against Castillo, who was just okay in his last start against Minnesota, but he's nasty, one of the best change-ups in baseball. And yeah. then they're going to go with Sonny Gray. It would not surprise me if the Reds beat the Braves. The Braves can't pitch. The Braves cannot pitch. So, Cincinnati is a good chance. Cincinnati's got a better chance to go to the second round than the Indians. And I only say that because the Indians are going against Garrett Cole. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, this first pitching matchup is a microcosm of baseball. The Indians are the pitching factory of pitching factories in all of Major League Baseball. The Yankees pitching coach is a guy that was like, a pitching coordinator down down below on the Indians last year. Never a coach. But because the Indians have done such a great job of turning guys into, into Cy Youngs, that the, that's how deep the Yankees reach for their – and I'm not saying reaching in a negative way. I'm saying reaching and the Yankees realize the Indians had something they don't have. So they made a guy a pitching coach who's never been a pitching coach before because they realize he's got the formula that the Indians are using to turn – walk-ons, you know, in college into a Cy Young Award winners in six years. Right. Like that's the Shane Bieber story. The Shane Bieber story should be the number one sports story in America when he gets the Cy Young Award. He, he won the Triple Crown. Six, seven years ago, he couldn't even get a scholarship to pitch in college. Think about that. He couldn't get a scholarship. And between his work ethic, and he's one of the most down-to-earth dudes in the world, between his work ethic and between the Indians finding what guys do best, finding guys that throw strikes, finding guys that repeat their delivery. Sounds corny, sounds easy, but a lot of kids can't repeat their delivery at a young age. So all you coordinators out there and all you guys breaking down your 12-year-olds, you tell your 12-year-old if he wants to be Shane Bieber, repeat his delivery and throw fucking strikes. That's it. You don't need the fancy bags, the fancy pants. You don't need to be rated this and that. 
It's real simple. Those are the two things that made Shane Bieber into who he is. Now he worked his tail off, and he's found and he's developed other pitches, and he's made four of his pitches into the four of the best pitches in baseball. But the basis of it was he's a strike thrower that repeats his delivery. I say that because he's going to go against Garrett Cole tomorrow. Garrett Cole, California boy, number one overall pick, went to UCLA, used to pick on Trevor Bauer, made fun of Trevor Bauer while they were in college. Um, he's been the golden boy forever. And now he's got 300 million reasons plus to be the golden child because after he flamed out in Pittsburgh, he went to Houston, and they somehow found a way to cheat and get him to be real good again. Um, he's now a Yankee, and the Yankees have paid him all the money. And the Silver Spoon kid, who's got all the talent in the world, was born with the $300 million right arm. Uh, he's going to go against the kid that was the walk-on, who's the best pitcher in baseball, and who's on his way to breaking the bank in five, six years if he can stay healthy. Um, I think it's a really cool matchup. I'll take you behind the scenes on how TV works. So TBS, who just gave a huge deal to baseball to have their rights, and God bless them for that, they have exclusive rights to, like, one American League wildcard matchup. So about three days ago, four days ago, they picked Tampa, not knowing who Tampa was going to play, not knowing, you know, you know the circumstances, not just not knowing. They figured, hey, Tampa's going to be the number one seed. We'll take Tampa. Well, even up until Saturday, I think Saturday is when they finally were like, and that, you know, they were finally like, you know what? Don't worry in Cleveland. Don't worry anywhere else. We're going to set ourselves up in Tampa. We're going to do the Tampa series no matter who they get. So what do you think happened around 4 o'clock yesterday? There's a lot of scrambling and emails going out from from TNT and TBS asking, are there people in Cleveland that are willing to work Oh, they'll be available because they start realizing it may be the Yankees and the Indians. And that's the best fucking series in the first round of the playoffs. And after, after they basically, for better words, Larry Nance in their pants, they realized they're already set up in Tampa Bay. They screwed up. And ESPN gets the Indians and the Twins, and we get the 7 o'clock games tomorrow and Wednesday. You're telling me TBS wouldn't have been – and now TBS is doing their game at like 2 o'clock against Tampa and Toronto. Which could be a fun series. Toronto's got a bunch of young stars. They can hit. Tampa's got a bunch of young stars no one's ever heard of. Right. Um, but they're really good. They're really fucking good. Um, but TNT missed, missed, they completely swung and missed. No yeah. pun intended. And, like, so ESPN gets the best matchup. And, like I said, this pitching matchup, to me, is what baseball is all about. Say what you will, Indians fans, but I got to tell you, most front offices – or give, would give their right leg to figure out what the Indians are doing yeah. so they can cultivate pitching the way the Indians have. All right. Bes- besides Ramirez and Santana staying red hot and just combining to drive the offense, what what is the one thing that needs to happen for the Indians to advance to the second round? You just said it. Carlos Santana and Reyes have to hit, and Francisco Lindor has to find the old Francisco Lindor. Um, they can win the series, but they got to go against Garrett Cole and they got to go against Tanaka in the first two games. And if we were out in Vegas right now, my friend, um, for everything that Shane Bieber accomplished this year and will continue to accomplish, I think if we had, you know, our $50 in Swinson's coins, we probably, you know, with a gun to our head, you, pr- you probably put your money on Garrett Cole and Tanaka and the Yankees, wouldn't you? I mean, I'm sure most of the country is. Yeah, I mean. Right. How healthy are the Yankees? I, I know what they, I know who plays for the Yankees when they're healthy. Do they have all their dudes? Right. 
for the most part. I'm glad you brought that up. For the most part, they do. Um, they're just coming back. But I think that could be their Achilles heel, in all honesty. Because I think they played best when they had kind of their other guys. The guys, you know how it is. Because these guys, you know, they, Stanton is back, I believe. Uh, you know, they got some big names. And, and, you know, and ESPN will run those big names out and shove them down our throats. Right. But at the end of the day, the Indians have the Indians got an opportunity. They got to win game one. They got to win game one. Uh, the Yankees aren't the same Yankees. Here's the thing we don't know. For as many people as claim to be smart and know everything, what we don't know is because everybody only played their own division. I don't think the AL East was as strong as that. I don't think. Um, I think the AL Central was stronger. I think the records of teams kind of proves that. Having three teams, you know, in the playoffs kind of says that. I think Baltimore was really bad. Um, I think Toronto couldn't pitch. I don't think the Yankees have faced the kind of pitching they're getting ready to face with the Indians. And the old adage of great pitching will shut down great hitting, we're going to find out. Because the Indians don't have great hitters. The hitters have been awful. And the Indians have never been good the first 60 games of a season. So you try to pin your hopes on that. Um, and look, you're not going to hit 300 in the playoffs anyway. You just need two guys to be hot. And if, like you said, if Ramirez is Ramirez, you got a chance, but you got to have somebody else. And it's got to be Santana. It's got to be Lindor. Lindor's got to stop getting thrown out on bases. Lindor's got to stop throwing the ball away. Yeah. He's got to wake up. And hopefully the lights turning on um, will do that. And when, at some point in time, after this is all done, we're going to have to have a, a, a true breakdown of Francisco Lindor. Because there's a lot to feel up to – and I've heard some stupid takes out there. I'll just put it this way. He's 26 years old. Do you remember what it was like to be 26, Zach? No, it was a long time ago. I really don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> no, well I, well, I say that for a reason. I was the same thing with me. But 26 is like kind of when you – like 21 is when you're allowed to drink. 18 is when you're allowed to vote. But 26 is when life really kind of like comes to light of what life is going to be. You know what I mean? Like the bill, like just like there's no, and I just think he's, and it's bigger than just the things I'm bringing up. And I'm not going to go any much deeper because there is deeper stuff. But just at 26, you just, the reality of life comes across and it ain't as sexy as you thought it was going to be. I'll put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> you got more responsibilities and, you know, and less chances to do what the fuck you thought life was going to hey, be like. In all these games, they don't play them on paper. Yes, they play them on TV, but there's human. There's a human element to everything, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. E- even LeBron fucking James is part human, right? And he didn't look it in the fourth quarter. We've we've talked almost no NBA. Um, I know, guys. I he's, like the NBA. And, and frankly, Dre, part of the reason we you know we've been talking Browns, we've occasionally talked baseball. We had this goofy start to the season, and you doing games every day. Um, part of the reason is I just haven't stayed up for a lot of the NBA. You know, some of it, but not not a lot. Um, but Saturday I was up and man, I was, he's still the best player in, in the world. Yes. Now that being yes. said, without Anthony Davis's help, he would not be close to winning another title. Um, no. although the Lakers are the favorites and I get every reason why I am not going to dismiss this heat team. Who's the epitome of get hot at the right time, who clearly plays together and enjoys each other's company is well coached has some dogs, right? Um, I expect the Lakers to win in five or six, but 
I think starting Wednesday night, this is going to be really, really, really good TV. Yeah, I love the Heat because they do it the right way. And I hate to be just, you know, callous about it, but they, they do it the right way. And it's good, especially in a year like now, it's good to see. Like, the Lakers are going to win the series, but they're going to get it. They're, they're into it. This is going to be a dog fight. There's going to be nothing easy at all about this matchup. Because Jimmy Butler's at the perfect spot. He's, he's a star, but he doesn't have to be the star player. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. He's the guy that everybody turns the TV on to know, but he doesn't have to be a star for the Miami Heat to win. I mean, I mean, Drag- think about Dragic. He's always scored points and always been a hard-nosed player. And still even during these playoffs, I barely hear people talk about it. He's been their leading scorer, Zach. Like, that's the, the coolest thing about them is their leading scorer nobody talks about. They got young guys. Bam, a, Bam is fucking fun to watch they have the recipe and i'm gonna say this slowly they have the recipe that's very reminiscent of the toronto raptors of 2019 i agree i agree um listen without getting two x's and o's this right they are gonna do (laughs) their best to make lebron give the ball up to keep anthony davis from catching it where he wants and doing those things so this series the the Lakers have more, and it's and they do have the two number one picks and two of the greatest players on the planet. Um, but they're going to need the Danny Greens and Contavious Caldwell Popes of the world to make threes, or this thing's going to get real hairy over the next seven days. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How about Udonis Haslam? How about Udonis Haslam is still um, on the roster? <laughs> that he's been in a long time. In the league, yeah. he's been a part of he's been a part of all their trips to the finals. Yeah, that that is crazy. Oh six, yeah, he was on those loaded Florida teams, right? Or is he even older yeah. than those guys? Yeah, he's a little older than them, I think. But yeah, yeah, the point is, he's been around that long. Yeah, it's gonna be a good it's gonna be a good series. Yeah. It really is. All right, guys. Hey, um, we got to get out of here. This is awesome. How we got to touch on three different things. We appreciate all the feedback. We are going to try to get to doing this more often. It's, it's different. And, yeah. um, you know, not that we really care about the numbers because we appreciate those of you guys that make time to listen and, and ask us to do more and all this. But traditionally when the Indians have been in the playoffs, the interest level has been really high. So hopefully they can make a run. I, I, I know that this morning when I, I sat down and kind of laid out my week, um, Tuesday and Wednesday night at least at 7 o'clock, I was, my fat ass is going to be on the couch or on the bar stool somewhere. Right, um, watching right. that. So it's really good. Uh, it's been a weird year. It's been an awful year in many regards, but the sports gods have smiled upon us uh, here at this time. Yeah. So hopefully they make a run. Browns have a real, real interesting game in Dallas on Sunday. Uh, seeing SEC back on my TV on Saturday made it feel more, a little more like real college football. And sitting here and doing this today, getting you ready, uh, was awesome. So thank you guys. Thank you, Dre. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you. Keep staying up with us. I got some great India stories to tell at some point in time. It has been an unbelievable year, but uh, hopefully we can tell them the right way. And if Zach Plesak wins a game, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you and I'll tell him what I said to Andre about him. Talk to you soon. I think we're going to have to bring Zach Plesak on the podcast for that time. <laughs> Sounds good. That would be the best. He would appreciate it in his own whacked out way. Konnichiwa, Zachary. Zachary. <laughs>